On today's episode of Lockdown Guardians, we're going to talk about something we have yet to talk about this offseason that people are clamoring to hear about. Catching. That's today on Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lockdown Guardians, where I can manage to cut off Justin even when I'm not speaking. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Uh, before I do the introduction, I want to say one thing. Like, If you were sitting there um, celebrating the Guardians not getting Sean Murphy, it's just a dumb take because as we'll listen, we'll, we'll look at both sides. And Justin has definitely been a voice of reason online today. And I'm going to probably argue with him a little bit about the value of this deal. But uh, this was a very cheap cost to add an upgrade to your roster. And if you can get an upgrade to your roster at a cheap cost, uh, I don't think you should be running victory laps. Whether or not you wanted Murphy, I'm just going to say that. This was not this was not the rumor Cardinals deal. This was not... Listen, I, the Guardians are very tight-lipped with information. I don't believe for a second that they asked for the Guardians' top three prospects. Maybe one of them. But we're going to talk about the Murphy deal. We're going to talk about the catching market because two catchers came off the market today. But most importantly, let's uh, before we do the introductions, um, talk about former Guardians great Justin Garza becoming uh, an angel 40 man roster. Um, I only laugh like he's a California kid. It's a great return. I, he didn't even sniff Cleveland's 40 man this year. There was no debate to, or anything with him. Uh, you know, he's a, a useful depth arm, but man, for it makes a ton of sense for Los Angeles to add him and uh, him to leave Cleveland. I'm sure we'll both talk about him in a bit, but introductions. I mean, I'm Jeff Ellis. I feel like the driver of the Sean Murphy bandwagon since his days at Wright State. I'll just put that on Front Street. I've been a fan for a long time. Justin? I'm Justin Latta, and I am absolutely zero fun on Twitter and way too logical and um, not the place for me, but... Uh... Disappointed that Guardians don't have Sean Murphy, but there are plenty of things uh, to talk about in that regard. So if you're living under a rock, Sean Murphy was a three-team trade today. The Braves get Murphy. The Brewers, who I think, like, I mean, absolutely are, are the clear winners in this. The Brewers get William Contreras, who is a, if nothing else, a really strong right-handed bat. Joel Piamps, who was all right as a reliever, worth 1.1 war a year ago for Oakland. I mean, I think you and I were both kind of eh on him. But, I mean, you know, for a team that could use more depth, great. And then Justin Yeager also goes over a guy who has been, uh, you know, a reliever in the minors for Atlanta. So they get who, you know, and, and again, and not again to this show, but again to what we've talked about many times, Milwaukee develops pitching really well. So if there's something they like in Jaeger, there's a chance for some upside for their bullpen. Uh, Ruiz, who they gave up, was one of the pieces in the hater deal. And I I mean, I'd rather have Contreras than Ruiz, if I'm being honest. So, I mean, Milwaukee cleans up, and then the A's get Kyle Mueller, Estuary Ruiz, Ruiz, uh, Freddie Tarnock, Robert Salinas, and Manny Pina. So... I think the other funny thing is after all of our talks and people being like, how do you play two elite catchers? Well, it looks like Atlanta is keeping their two best like catchers and are going to find ways to play them both. So uh, Atlanta doing exactly what we talked about was possible for Cleveland to do. Um, and 
you know, we'll get into the the bits and pieces of this trade and the debates uh, with it. But it, it, what's interesting to me in this deal is they got argue. I don't think anyone's arguing this. They did not get the first or second best player in this deal, and um, Oakland didn't. And on top of that, like they took a quantity over quality approach, but we can debate the the quality on all of these players. I'll get into some of the reasons for that. I know people are mad that Cleveland missed out and we don't know what they asked Cleveland for. Um, but yeah, I mean, they ended up settling uh, what they got two, what five players and Manny Pena just comes in to be a backup. He was one of the, the depth guys for Atlanta saves Atlanta a little money if we're being honest on the transition as well. But yeah, it's, I mean, I looked at this deal and went, yikes. Like I thought for sure Milwaukee was going to send something else to Oakland. Uh, I kind of wish Cleveland had at least gotten in on Contreras if they weren't going to get in on, um, on Murphy. Yeah. I mean, clearly the best two players in the, in the trade are, are Murphy and Contreras. There's no question about that. Um, I kind—I don't—I don't share the opinion on Contreras because he is a, a DH only. I don't—I don't view him as a catcher. The only thing I, you can look at maybe is that, uh, well, framing will have auto—you know—automated automated strike zone at some point in the future. Who knows how long that'll take? Maybe next season, twenty twenty-four. Um, and the Brewers have done a good job. They've proven with Armar, Armar Narvaez that they can help catchers improve framing, but they may, that may be only temporary. So what really matters is the pop time. I don't know. Contreras is pretty middle of the road when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that's something you can help a guy with either. I don't know. But to me, Contreras is more of a DH than he is an actual catcher. Um, even, you know, there are questions about uh, Wilson Contreras defensively, right? So and I don't think he's as good as his brother defensively. Um, so I, I'm not really sure I agree with getting in on Wilson Contreras or I'm sorry, William, even though he could upgrade the lineup, but um, as a backup, that'd be one thing. I don't, I don't know. I guess if you want to, I don't know. They're, they're pretty obvious. They don't want to start the season with Bo in the majors either. So I don't know how you work that in unless you're bringing in hedges and Contreras. I don't know. Um, but those are, there's no doubt. Those are the two best players in this trade. And I think you can agree that this trade's also underwhelming. Also at the same time, understand that somehow the guardians didn't get there with Oakland and understand that the ask is always different. These things are just not such a, a great translation. I mean, I know this is not a good example or maybe, maybe it is um, because reported things don't always come through, but you remember the Todd Frazier deal. We've talked about this a couple times and mm-hmm. I, I put it out on Twitter when the Todd Frazier deal went down from the reds to the, uh, the white Sox. It was, what Scott Shebler and Jose Peraza and some other third piece that was even worse than those two. No, I think uh, Shebler came from the Dodgers. So that's what I, I well, that was, that it was Shebler. a, it was a three team deal with the three Yankees. Oh yeah. The Yankees uh-huh. were involved in that. Or I'm sorry, not the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers, the Reds, Dodgers, Reds, and so White Sox. It was a three team. Dodgers run. sent. Yeah. So the Dodgers sent Brandon Dixon and Jose, Jose Peraza and Shebler to the Reds. The White yes. Sox sent Micah Johnson and Frankie Montas and Trace Thompson. Oh, that's to the right. Dodgers. So, and Frankie Montas was probably the second best player in that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Reds did nothing with him either. So, or the Reds, did the Reds get yeah. Montas in that deal? No, Montas went to the Dodgers where he did nothing okay, there. Okay, so too. anyway. So Montas ends up being the second best player in that deal. Anyway, the Reds got absolutely nothing in return for, for Todd Frazier. I remember at the time, 
there was all these rumors about how Cleveland was interested and the Reds were talking. They wanted Cody Allen and, and Bradley Zimmer and Danny Salazar. And it was like, well, of course Cleveland's not going to make that deal. That's ridiculous. We have no way of verifying if those were true. I don't even remember who reported those details at, at, at this time, but I do remember that being the report. Um, but it it's also proof that there's a chance that whatever Oakland got from Milwaukee and Atlanta isn't the same as what they asked from Cleveland. Cleveland's got a better farm system. Now you might say they have more depth to deal from, but I don't know. I I look at it as pretty obvious that Oakland was not going to take a deal from Cleveland that didn't include Espino, Bybee, or Williams. Maybe they thought they had a better chance working with Kyle Mueller or Roy Bersalinas or Freddie Tarnock than they did turning around, not turning around, but, you know, getting more upside out of Logan Allen or Joey Cantillo or Cody Morris. I mean, those guys, I, I feel like, are more sure bets to be good major league pitchers, but maybe they felt like there was more upside with, with Mueller and Salinas and Tarnock. I mean, I know Salinas has his fans out there. I, I know other people who really like him. You know, Mueller he definitely was, was has honestly, an, Espino, an Espino starter kit. He's a bit of a Espino light to me. And some of the, you right. Know, you can There's see, more risk. Yes. Which I, I think he's more, much more likely a reliever. Uh, I, I don't yeah. see and, and a great there's, starter. There's a risk with Tarnock, too. You know, I just oh, yeah. I just want to say and that Mueller. I think, yeah, there's, there's relief risk with all there's of them. no safe bet with this. Yeah, I just want to say, I, I just think that we don't know what they asked for from Cleveland. And there's there's always the chance that they whatever they asked for was different. You know, they could have asked for Cleveland for more from Cleveland because Cleveland has maybe better players. And I, I think I don't think Oakland took a deal that was going to be bad. Like for as bad as Oakland is, um, and as cheap as their owner is, they still have a good franchise over there. They still do a good job with these trades for the most part historically. I actually will argue against that. In, in segment two, they've actually done right, really well, let's clearly take, let's on their big sell. Break and let's, let's so when we take our side. big break, and I was I was kind of digging into some of the recent big trades for guys, uh, and the returns have been a little bit over, underwhelming. But we're gonna okay. first take a break, come back and discuss this deal some more. Uh, also talk about the market a bit more because more catchers have changed hands since uh, this. But first, let's talk about our good friends over at Simply Safe at Lockdown Guardians. We believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Lockdown Guardians listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Share. Uh, <laughs> ooh. So uh, Simply Safe uses a, it's Simply Safe version two, by the way. It's a brand new thing where you can do monitor everything from your app. You can check out your home. You can lock and unlock. You can do whatever you need right there. They're voted the best home security system of 2021, 2020, and 20, uh, 2022, the most recent year, the current year, by U.S. News and World Reports. They give you 24-7 professional monitoring service at under a dollar a day, less than the cost of traditional systems. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com backslash lockdown MLB today. That's simplysafe.com backslash lockdown MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. So before I get into like some of the trades, what I thought was interesting, like if you're going to sell me this trade as a strong one, I would say it's because you and I don't have, we don't look behind the curtain and 
pitching, as we've talked about many times in the show, is kind of a safer bet if you have all of the data that shows you spin rate and um, you know uh, movement and things like that. If you have all of the advanced data that we often don't get on minor leaguers until they're in the majors. So if you're going to make a case for it, they took three pitchers in this deal. They clearly wanted pitching. But what I thought was interesting is someone who would have that data is Eno Saris, who hard not to see the flaws. Kyle Miller has a good change in breaking command, but poor shape and command on his fastball, which, I mean, that's that's a death nail on a pitcher. That's that's kind of why the Guardians gave up on Carlos Vargas was command of that fastball. And uh, yeah, and then Estuary uh, Ruiz had poor hard hit rates in the minors. Um, and then when someone called him out on that, um, you know, he would be just a handful of qualified players with low power and a 20% strikeout rate in ball last year. Lots. So it's like, he has high strikeout rate, no power. It's a Steven Kwan profile, but if you didn't have the elite hitting tool and the, like, it's a poor man's Kwan, but with better speed. So it's not really a good comp really at all, but, um, and then he said the Tarnock also uh, had command issues. Baseball America, who also those guys have that data, called this quizzical. People who have the advanced data don't like this deal. Um, and then the other thing to me that stands out is why is Ruiz a target? Because they've been trying to fill that center field position for years. And if you saw my tweet, you know they drafted Austin Beck in the top 10 over Joe Adele. While Adele hasn't worked out, he's been better than Beck, who's not got to the big leagues. They then took Kyler Murray, uh, who didn't want to play baseball. And then last, just last year, Christian Pache was the number two piece in the Matt uh, Olson deal. And they, they're already like, nope, he's not the answer. So they target another center fielder. Like they just keep throwing darts at this. And if the evaluation was so strong, but you can go back, you can look at some of the other, you know, the Josh Donaldson deal was one of the biggest recent failures. A lot of their trades, I was trying to pull up uh, through baseball reference. I found a website that was a little more outdated but I mean, what is their last successful sell-off? Um, they, they haven't had too many. It, it's been a pretty ugly situation for them where they have not netted things in recent years and their draft picks haven't really worked out either. One can make a case that their scouting is as poor as it's ever been, that this Oakland team has been missing on draft picks and trades. And I, I don't know if I was a fan of this team, I wouldn't feel comfortable with the trust us approach because you know, Soderstrom, we'll see if it go, gets together, but uh, you know, Susak, we'll see, but like you go through these, the, the list of guys, you kind of talk about like, I know Chris Bassett was a rental, but they didn't get much comparatively for him. I, I like Waldachuk quite a bit. I know people didn't think that was enough for a return on Montas, but that one I'm actually okay with. I just, I feel like as a team, they have, kind of drafted poorly they've kind of developed poorly they've kind of i mean the last five years have been kind of bad almost across the board and that's why you see a team that i mean go look at that roster on roster resources right now that is ugly that is this is potentially the worst lineup in baseball the way it's set up right now and that's because i know they traded away everything when they went on that run but like even the Marte deal was jesus lazardo was i believe a one-to-one because they didn't have parts and pieces of trade. I would argue that this is not the team I would trust the management to get it right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the roster isn't in rough shape. There are some guys in the minors for them that I do like. I think they will see what they, what happens with the um, Matt Chapman deal. I think they did. I think they might've done well in the Matt Chapman deal. Um, 
we'll see. They do have some guys in the system that I do like currently, but I don't know. I, the whole thing I just go back to is that oh, I don't know. I don't think Oakland. I don't know. It, it, it's it's a, it's not a good deal. It doesn't look like a good deal on the surface at all. Like o- Oakland clearly is shooting for whatever they got quantity, but it's not really quality. And I would argue that Cleveland did better for Mike Clevenger uh, in the Padres trade because mm-hmm. they're good at that sort of thing. It's just I don't know. Yeah, yes, the the deal's not good. I just don't think we can sit here and assume that Cleveland could have beat the deal because maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Oakland is looking at things poorly and they like this deal and they said this is what you're going to have to do to beat it. And Cleveland said, I think it comes down to that Cleveland they were going to ask for one of the three pitching prospects. I think again mm-hmm. it's it's pretty obvious that they were asking for one of the three pitching prospects and Cleveland decided to say no. Um, you can ask certain teams for certain players and not want to back down. I mean, there's a good chance that for a while we thought they were pulling a Cleveland where they were just not going to blink on what they were asking for. And they could have said, if you're not willing to trade us, you know, these four, one of these four guys or two of these four guys, there's going to be no deal. Um, Cause Cleveland has done the same thing in the past. So maybe they tried to, they played a game of, of like, you know, a blinking contest and, and Oakland decided to pivot and take a different deal. I don't know. I would definitely argue that Cleveland has better pieces to give them. I mean, I don't know if you can make a good comp for the trade. Like if I look at Cleveland's, my own Cleveland rankings specifically, like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't think there's really, a, I hate doing the one-to-one sort of thing. Cause it just never adds up. But that, I mean, I would argue it's the one thing where like, they don't add it where they don't match up is again. I don't know if any of those pitchers are more than back end types. And with, yeah. some, like I said, when, when Saros is saying what he's saying about Mueller. Um, yeah. I mean, he sounds kind of Logan Allen to me, but, uh, but they I have more upside than Logan Allen. Like there's, there's definitely Mueller more does. risk reward. Yeah. There's Mueller more does. risk reward in those pitchers. I think the floor is a lot safer with Allen, and maybe they weren't trying to go for safe. But I don't think I, they I had will say, three arms, like, like like two arms ready to be – like I like I like Gaddis and Curry, but they're not in that level. Like they had potentially Logan Allen at that level, but they didn't really have another guy unless you're talking like Allen and Morris. Um, I, I would honestly argue I'd rather have Cody Morris than either of the guys traded today. I agree with that for sure, and I think maybe you could have made a case for Morris to be in that deal and – and um, go over there for that. But it's just like, there's no, there's no guy in the in Cleveland's farm system. You're going down the line that, okay. Kyle, yes. Kyle Muller could be a back and rotation arm. He could be a bullpen guy. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of upside too for him. There's, there's, there's a certain amount of upside for each of those pitchers. Possibly there's just a ton more risk. Cleveland's got Espino, Williams, and Bybee, who are, I don't want to say any of them are safe arms. Bybee maybe is a safer arm than the other two. Um, but they all have upside, but they all have better floors than the three pitchers that that, that, Antler, that um, Oakland got. You go down the line, I think you're right. The only guy that makes sense is Morris. But the only guy that that matches that from is Morris. Only reason that happens is because of the injuries. Nothing to do with stuff. All those other guys have warts that Morris doesn't it's not health related. It's, it's ability related. Morris's ability. Isn't the question. It's the health. 
Um, so I would argue I'd rather have the guy with the health issues than the guy that I'm not sure is going to be anything at all. So that's one piece. But if you go on the line for Cleveland pitching wise, like, yeah, Curry and Gaddis are, are nice prospects. They're good. They're, I don't know. The next, the next guy in line you could probably match up with is what Ethan Hankins. Like, is that as close as it gets no. to Freddie Tarnock? I mean, no, I don't think Cleveland, so. I mean, he's so far away. It's like, yeah, I almost argue Justin Campbell before Ethan Hankins in terms of like, nearness. yeah, it's, but there's probably I mean, less boomer bust Jack in, left in which, you know, is that the time it's yeah. Yeah. It's, but he's so far away too. Yeah. No. And that's the problem. Like that is the one thing where Cleveland really didn't match up is that they didn't want to trade their big three. And part of me wonders if they didn't want to trade Morris either. Like if this came down to, to that, yeah. I mean, this th- let's be honest, the return is underwhelming no matter what. And even if you sit back, and say, well, you know, they got, you know, three pitchers and uh, their center fielder of the future. It's still, I, you know, Ruiz is moving up prospect ranks, but what a turnaround for the Brewers again to get him as like just one of the pieces in that hater deal and then to flip him. And, you know, uh, even if Contreras and like, I wouldn't be, sh- if he turns into catcher, he's great. If he doesn't, um, you know, maybe he can be an outfielder. But I also want to point out, like, if Valera was the sticking point, what William Contreras did last year is what you hope George Valera does. Like, he was right. what you hope. That's the high outcome for Valera is William Contreras. And they they didn't want that. They wanted and, – and I think, you know, people get mad at me for this, but I think this also kind of shows the value of Miles Straw for as much as every other day I get someone who absolutely hates him. Like, look at how focused Oakland is on a center fielder, Right. Pache was so bad that they went out and made the centerpiece of this deal a potential good hit rate speed defense center fielder. I mean, they went and got another Pache type and isn't, pa- I mean, Pache, if, if he rebounds, you're hoping he turns into mile straw right now. So they went and got a similar guy in that vein. And I know people get, don't like me saying it, but like, I just want to point out there's value there and I get it. You know, it's hard to not look and think, why wouldn't they want Will Brennan more? I, I, the one thing I will say, again, for people who have that thought, is is Oakland are speed kings. They love speed. They have been all of, you know, you go back to the Sonny Gray deal where they got Jorge Mateo. Um, you know, I mentioned those recent draft picks. You look at a lot of their deals, Pache, there is someone in there who's got like 70 grade speed. That's what Ruiz has. They have been all about speed even before the rule change. So I don't know if Cleveland really had that burner in center field that could help Oakland this year, for whatever reason, they did seem very focused in this deal. I mean, every player in this deal could conceivably pitch in the majors this year, uh, Salinas out of the bullpen. It's unlikely, but it could happen. So, I mean, that report, you know, as much as I've dragged uh, fine sand, like the reports that came out about Atlanta, he was right on. And the reports about like them wanting MLB talent, they were right on. And, mm-hmm. And weirdly, Cleveland is not set up to necessarily trade the guys that are super close to the majors unless it's infielders. And you know what? Oakland did not none. get in that deal. An infielder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there were other tweets saying there just wasn't maybe a match between the two. I guess mm-hmm. there really wasn't. Like, Cleveland has the prospects to get anybody. They have to have a willingness to trade them. They have nobody with, with Ruiz's speed. Like, the only guy you can really say is probably Isaiah Green, but obviously Ruiz has already hit the majors so that's not a question. I mean, you could argue Oakland made a bad deal and still say that Cleveland couldn't have beat it based on the pieces they got. It's just a matter of what Oakland wanted. Like, like that's, and that's why I keep saying Oakland 
prop maybe made a bad deal and they got guys that I, I think they swung for the fences on these pitchers, hoping that some of these guys stuff pops. Like I think, I think is it safe to say for all the pitchers they got stuff? Isn't really the question. It's, it's command. And I think uh, the stuff is a little bit on Mueller. I'm not, uh, okay. his stuff is, he was always like, even back when he was a second round pick and like that Atlanta has tried him at this, I mean, two years in a row in the majors, he hasn't been able to stick for a team with pitching needs. Like that's always a huge red flag for me. And they've developed pitching well. Yeah. And, and he has. has not, and and they've like gone out of their way to not give him opportunities. I know like his FIP and stuff is good in, in AAA. And, you know, he, he cut his walk rate this year, repeating the level, but I, I would be hesitant with him. And again, fastball command is like so essential, even though, especially I think now, that we see the fastball being used less. You have to be able to hit your spots with it. You know, Tarnock was a huge bonus guy for them back in the day, a really like big velocity guy uh, who just hasn't developed well. Like he is not kind of, you know, he was a, a two way guy. He was definitely one of those. They gave him a ton of money. He was kind of a surprise in the third, but was one of those. I don't know if I want to say a pop-up types. Um, he's missed young. Yeah. And, and he's been up to triple a and, he just hasn't developed the way I think they were hoping. And like, he's moved down prospect list because of it. And then, like I said, Salinas is a higher risk, which again, as you said, says a lot as you know, it's like potential uh, triple digit plus plus fastball uh, plus plus slider. The major difference is I don't know if Salinas, a he's only been an a ball and B I don't know if he has a, a third pitch anywhere coming and see his command is, is non-existent. So, you know, you have to really squint, but it does. I, you know, I, I one report I do believe is that Oakland wanted Espino in a deal, and I think that's one of those things that's probably consistent. He does fit their profile so much. Um, I wonder if they viewed it as like I wonder if if the if the offer and again this is just me speculating was something like they wanted Brendan and Espino. They wanted the and they would have taken less pitching to get the elite one. But again, I if if I'm being honest, I wouldn't trade Brendan and Espino for the package they got. Let's no. Take I wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, go do ahead. any of that. No, I was just say I, w- I wouldn't have done any of that. And like, and I don't know. I, I think, it, like I said before, I think it's pretty clear they probably asked for at least one of the pitching prospects, and they just weren't going to do it. The question for Cleveland, though, is when you don't trade these prospects to shore up an area of need on your on your roster, you have to decide whether or not you are better off keeping those prospects and pivoting to your second option or whatever option they're on at this point. Versus making the deal and not having that on your roster like you wanted to. And I, and I guess I should pat myself on the back yesterday when I'm like, I don't think a deal's getting done for Cleveland. And hey, 24 hours later, it proved to be less than the case. And, and we both said, too, what you said yeah. yesterday, we were t- we were talking at the end. We said, um, now that we said it's going to take a while for the pen to yeah. get dealt, it's going to happen tomorrow. And oh, it happened tomorrow. Because you did say that. You said both those things no. yesterday. No, it just, I it felt like, like I said, my whole big take on it yesterday is this idea that they've had six months to debate this and they couldn't, neither side was willing to budge and yeah. since the deadline. So I just didn't think a budging was going to happen. Now let's take that break here um, at this point in the show. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about, listen, there were, there were some free agent pitchers who signed who kind of shift the market a little bit. And there's another catcher who disappeared. But first we need to talk about one of my favorite sponsors. And that is our good friends over at bet online. I didn't check my email to see if they sent us any new odds lines, uh, but we didn't get into all of yesterday's odds and lines. Uh, I would be curious to see uh, when I 
you know, get an opportunity to go and look and see if they've adjusted and shifted up Atlanta. So let's talk the free agency props. Carlos Correa's next team, Twins three to two, Cubs three to one, Giants three to one. I think the Cubs should be lower than that. That's the team I'd avoid in that listing based on the news we got today. Dansby Swanson, if not the Braves, I actually think it won't be the Braves. Cubs, Dodgers, Twins, four to one, nine to two, five to one. Mariners at eleven to two, an interesting surprise team for me that high. I I'd bet Dodgers or Twins personally on that. Uh, then we had Xander Bogarts over here, who obviously uh, funny thing on that one. Padres were six to one; they were the fourth best odds. So if you I didn't mention the fourth best odds for Correa, it's the Dodgers who the silliest news report that they wouldn't sign him because they're afraid it might upset their fans. Uh, if you get signing upset, good players is bad. <laughs> yeah. If, if signing a good player is going to make you upset, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, go check out bet online today. They have you covered. So there's the, so um, I thought, well, one, let's talk about the fact that I've been saying for a while and Justin has agreed. He's been saying as well, Christian Vasquez had no interest in coming to Cleveland he wanted a starting gig. Ryan Jeffers has been a disappointment with the twins. Um, he has not worked out, but he's a good depth guy. Maybe he eventually figures it out. Catchers sometimes take a while, which is the other reason we've talked about with Bo Naylor. Like it is not, you get it tomorrow that the Sean Murphy's of the world rarely happen. And go look at Sean Murphy's first year. We had like a, an 80 runs created plus, like it was not hit the ground running offensively. Um, catchers rarely do that. Adlai Rushman is the exception, not the rule. And I, I say this because the Twins gave Christian Vasquez three years, 30 million. So just one million a year more than the uh, the estimated, uh, I don't know if it's trade rumors about Bowden or who, but he's a solid catcher. Like they got a top 10 catcher for the next three years. We'll see what happens into his 30s. Uh, but the Twins, you know, did something. Uh, they went out and added a, a useful catcher. Uh, I mean, the next best catcher on the market is probably Zanino, who we've talked about in depth on this show. If it's not him... Now we're talking about like Narvez and kind of really digging into those lists. Uh, you know, Cleveland's going to have to figure out the next step. I mean, a lot of people talk about Toronto. I still can't see them trading for Austin Kirk. Um, and that's not his name, is it? Um, Alejandro, Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. Because uh, I just don't think he's the defender and he doesn't have the natural. It's a hard build to see working a catcher. Um and again, I say that is a big dude. I do wonder about Danny Jansen because the data has been good. And then this past year, I know things were not as strong for him at age 27. But if you go back and look at his um, 2021 data, uh, like his pop time was a 44th this year and a 38th. Last year's pop time was a 74 and a 58 for framing. So a year ago, they were you know both in the red. So I just wonder if um, there's some thought and as a two-year guy that he wouldn't block anyone i don't know like he kind of feels like uh you know and, and i'll talk about nick forte's tone blue in the face i don't know if they'd ever really trade in with the marlins but we it's definitely harder the market is shrunk and the cubs still want a catcher like the cubs fans are pissed off today the red sox still need a catcher the rays still need a catcher um the padres are still looking into catching the uh the houston astros still need catching uh, there are a lot of teams and not a lot of catchers. Yeah, the game of musical chairs is coming to a feverish close, right? You got to find a partner here real soon. The Jansen thing is interesting. I mean, if you believe that maybe you can get his 2021 data back framing-wise or pop time, like 
It's pop time still sub too, so that's good, right? Like that. Yeah, it's, it's not passable. like it's passable. Yeah, is it great? No. Sean Murphy is what four seconds better. I think Jansen's one nine eight, and I think Murphy was one nine four. Um, and you might think that's not a big jump, but it really is. Especially, it's going to be a big jump this year when you talk about the uh, the new pickoff rule and things like that. If you can maybe take two two seconds off of that, you know, or uh, point whatever it is, point two seconds, that'll do a one nine one nine six. Maybe that's a little bit better. I mean, Cleveland does have Sandy Elmar. People do think he's a good catching coach. There's a reason he's still around. The reason they wanted Bo Naylor exposed to that and uh, Hedges and and Maley last year. So you know maybe they can figure something out there. Um. So I, I guess there's hope there. But look, Toronto's going to be able to hold out for a, a big package as well. And is I mean you could look at the Murphy deal and be like, well, if that's all it's going to take to get Murphy. It should be cheaper to get Jansen, but it doesn't work like that because. Toronto is going to view the players they want differently. And Toronto is probably also going to want major league help because they're looking to contend this year. Right. So um, they're not going to be like, yeah, we'll take, you know, Angel Martinez or whatever for Danny Jansen. Like they don't need him. They don't, they need someone who can play right now. They want a reliever or something like that. Or they could, they could view something differently altogether. Everybody's system views players differently. So just because the Murphy deal was underwhelming, um, Again, doesn't mean that they didn't want different assets from Cleveland. It doesn't mean that the Murphy deal would, uh, uh, Jansen deal would be any better. I'm with you on not going after Kirk because of the body, and he's mostly a DH. And so far, he has proven to be a better framer than being able to throw runners out. So that's a concern. Um, they definitely were never going to touch three years, 30 million with Vasquez. And he was, like you said, he wasn't going to come here because in a year from now, he probably hopefully wouldn't be the starter because it would hopefully be Bo, Na- Bo Naylor. Um, Zanino, we've talked about, like you said, after, I mean, after Jansen and I, I mean, I know I've seen some people say Gabriel Moreno, but I don't see the sense in trading. He's unproven. He's no different than Bo Naylor. Like if you're going to trade for Gabriel Moreno, you might as well just play Bo Naylor. It's the same situation all over again. And um, yeah, I mean, what, what really are the options, your options? I, I don't think they'll go for Narvaez just because he's left-handed and, if they eventually want to bring Naylor along, you don't have two lefties. I suppose you can get Narvaez and Hedges back if you want to go that route. Because I think there's still a chance they need to bring in two catchers here. So um, they got to figure that out anyway. So maybe they go for Narvaez and, and Hedges. I haven't looked at Narvaez's uh, pop time, but not good. I don't know. Not good. Yeah. So no, I don't good. know. I, I, Jansen's still passable. Maybe you can. He's he's had a better history. So I don't know what that cost is going to be. But for right now, I think the options have trimmed to. Jansen, where the market's going to be competitive, or Zanino, where uh, you know, just Narvez was nineteenth percentile for a pop. Ooh, okay, no, that's that's pass. Like that's one thing to go from Jansen, who's like in the like the fifty seventh percentile or whatever it was, to get him back into the upper third, versus Narvaez, who was way way down below. So that's probably not happening. Um, yeah, I guess if it's if you're not going to pay the cost for Jansen, two, it's two point oh one. Over two. So that's that's uh, on the wrong side of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Call call Toronto about Jansen, but I mean, I'm sure Houston's calling Toronto about Jansen. I'm sure the Cubs might be. Like you said, the Red Sox. I don't know what they're going to do. They need a catcher still. Zanino might have a stronger mark. I, I thought maybe Zanino would be like one year, eight million dollars because he's coming off an injury injured season. 
But man, now I'm starting to think the market for Zanino might be pretty strong because a lot of teams need catchers and there's not a lot of good ones left. Yeah. And that's why I'll just sit here. And I know I've had some people be like, you know, the Marlins won't trade Fortes, but I'm like, you know, if, if they still think Stallings is the guy that they went on traded for, that's the guy I'm going to keep, you know, sitting back here standing about just because again, I'll point out for, you know, my guy, uh, 79th percentile pop, 72nd percentile uh, framing and a league average uh, production while also being uh, in the red for sprint speed. So you're a rare catcher who can run. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he's even on the market. I don't know. It's that's the problem. It's, it's so limited and there's so many people. It's like, I, they got to do something. So I, I did, you know, we've already gone long for the audio, but it, it happens on big news days. I think everyone is accepting of that. Uh, I did briefly, briefly, briefly want to touch on Sean Manea signing for, you know, about 12 million a year. And then uh, Chris Bassett, uh, signing for three years, 63 million. So one Toronto's desperate need for a starter is not quite so desperate after adding Chris Bassett and two, um, what could be interesting. And I saw a Toronto writer bring this up is they might actually look to be like, Hey, if you want Danny Jansen, take uh Kikiji off of us and get us a little bit farther away from who makes uh, 12 million this year. So finding a team that would be, you know, kind of doing their own version of the Jess Winker trade from a year ago, that that might end up being the cost for Danny Jansen, that they might be using him as a way to float their salary a little lower to avoid penalties. Um, so I wanted to put that out there. So I think, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I know there's concerns with Zanino, but you might want to jump because the market is non-existent. And if you really don't feel comfortable with uh nailer then you're gonna have to figure something out uh very very quickly but yeah it's i mean it's it's the position like catcher has always been um the hardest position to find in baseball it's kind of like it's kind of like a tight end in football like if you have production there and you have someone who's elite it's a it's an uplifter to your entire lineup but there are very few of those who exist and that is why we were so big on murphy um again if you think that that this is a win that they, they didn't get him at a cheap price. I just don't know what to tell you. Uh, and look, the Braves had Darno and they had Contreras. They, yes. both those guys were good catchers last year and they still went out was and, an all-star. Yeah. I mean, even if he was a DH, they no. still had two good catchers. Like you could still catch him and, and on having, having a backup catcher who is an all-star DH is such a luxury. Uh, cause, cause his bat is so good. And you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to make him a full-time catcher. He can just spell your, your better start, your better defensive catcher, and you don't lose anything offensively. And look, the Braves still decided to go out there and and trade for him. And even if they didn't, they they saw a chance to get a guy that and work with the system that knows them well. They obviously match up well with Oakland because they made the Olsen deal a year ago, or less than a year ago at this point. But a team with good catching still wanted Sean Murphy. That tells you how they value Sean Murphy. And they they said they didn't go in the offseason looking to trade for Sean Murphy, but because he happened to be available, they decided to make a deal. So I, I don't know. Obviously they, they think that he can improve their team, even though they already had good catching. I guess the question now is I think they'll still hang in the Travis there. but there's some people who are hoping they won't, but I think they'll hang on to him. Yeah, I think, I think they will as well. I think that is the plan to, to sit there and run him out um, and just use kind of the, the, what we talked about the guardians could do. Like it is a hundred percent that, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of wild to try to figure all of this out. 
uh, it's going to be interesting. And again, you know, the I think the interesting thing today with the pitching market, just to, again, going super long, is uh, we saw some of it come back to earth. We saw it go up. And hey, Cleveland's second round pick just moved up again, thanks to the Blue Jays signing mm-hmm. uh, Chris Bassett. So I'll update my sheet in tomorrow. I'll let people know. Last time I checked, they've gained almost $200,000 in pool money um, thanks to these free agent signings. So it's, it's a bonus. Maybe it's not the win you wanted today, but hey, it's at least a win I can give you. Uh, any more thoughts now that this is your last chance to talk about Sean Murphy? Um, no, no more thoughts. Someone did tweet us a question saying not opposed to Gary Sanchez. Uh, thoughts? No, Cleveland's not signing Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, his defense essentially won Cleveland a game in September last year. So I don't see Gary Sanchez coming anywhere near Cleveland unless it's to play against them. Yeah, no, he's just no, thank you. It's not going to, I mean, we'll see where he ends up. There's going to be some team that takes that gamble. I don't think it's Cleveland, but uh, yeah, that is the show for today. Uh, Tomorrow's no, wait, today is Monday. Yes. I get thrown off a reminder in two days. We'll have Tim Heron on the show tomorrow. We'll discuss anything else that happens in baseball. And if nothing really occurs, we're going to finally talk about relievers for the Cleveland guardians. Uh, I, I saw, we started the Christmas movie discussion in the last podcast can uh, follow it into this one. They were all the name ones. None of the uh, nothing new or, or, or uh, for me. All the ones we, we kind of know. So that is there. Um, thank you for listening, and let's end it the way we always do. Go, go, Guardians, go.